0: I believe that most of us would agree that a life of transparency, honesty, and just being completely open is in our best interest and it's in the best interest of those around us. However, it's difficult for us to bring some of the things that are in the dark under the light because there's either shame, guilt, or a fear of a certain reaction. We are all stuck with the decision to make freedom freedom or captivity welcome to blended i am your host jeremiah wallace and my goal is to see blended families thriving if you are navigating this experience then you're in the right place this podcast is purposed to provide support information and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential Blenders, how are we doing? I feel like it's been a little bit. As some of you guys know, I took a brief hiatus Last month, I mentioned it before, but my wife and I direct a summer youth camp. We also do something in winter, but it's called SoCal Youth. We're out here in Southern California. We just recently took about 230 folks to Palomar Mountain, and it was just an incredible experience. I could brag about it for days, but a full week of shenanigans takes a lot of prep as well as handling the stuff on the other side of the experience. But I'm rolling. I'm, I'm back at it. And for those of you that have been listening for a while, great opportunity to catch up on some other episodes that you may have missed. The content is good, but I'm excited to be back at it. I'm excited about this episode in particular. It's going to be really good. This is the last one that focus on focuses on creating culture in the home. Almost all episodes will pertain to that to a degree, but specifically focusing on this subject before moving into step parent hurdles. That's going to be our next series, essentially, of episodes that we're going to be talking on. I've gotten a lot of messages from step parents, and there is a desire to get some information, to get some tools Because We want to do this thing right and we also don't want to go crazy. That's a thing. So there's a ton of good stuff coming up that I'm just really excited about. So make sure you guys remain tuned in. But today, again, creating culture in the home, we're going to focus specifically on protecting your territory. And that's going to focus on two entities that's going to be protecting your territory from outsiders as well as from insiders, the people that are actually within your home. I will break all of that down shortly, but before we dive in, I did want to let you guys know that my services extend beyond this awesome platform. I am a certified health coach, and I've been one for about four years now, and I'm also getting closer and closer to attaining my license as a marriage and family therapist. And it has been my pleasure to assist people concerning their goals with their health, whether mentally, physically, or spiritually. And I also coach people through realizing and addressing the emotional baggage that oftentimes keeps us from moving forward. So if you are looking for some assistance, some support, or you just need a kick in the butt to make some things happen, then I am your man and I would be more than happy to help. You can email me at blended at navigating the blend.com. You can reach out on social media platforms, whether Instagram or Facebook Or you can check out the link provided in the description and you can set up a consultation with me so we can get some FaceTime. I can find out how I can be of support. I look forward to it. Let's make it happen. So, on that note, let's get to the content of the episode. Now, this one really hits home for me because there is something that's almost Innate within me that desires to protect or defend my territory. And that's likely due to the fact that I am a man and a husband and a father to young ladies. But when it comes to nature, mama bears are known to defend their cubs to the point of like killing folks, you know? So this is something that applies to whether man or woman. And there's a reason why for many of us, this is an innate or a natural desire that we have. It's because what we are protecting is important. It is vulnerable and the threats against it can produce or cause insurmountable harm. And I believe this is in part why I struggled so thoroughly early in my marriage as I was adjusting to the co-parenting and being a stepfather and other influences being involved in the life and the process of my oldest and therefore to some degree of influence in my marriage relationship and the way that we made decisions and even had conversations about certain things. It's just major fields of invasiveness So the territorial person that I am felt pretty hindered or bound by circumstance that were outside of my control. And while eight years in, there are things that are still outside of my control, I have learned over time that we can still protect our territory. We don't have to completely sacrifice or compromise our role. Or our desired outcome just because there are some things that we are subject to as a family unit, whether that pertains to our kids or the parents. And as we are addressing territory and what it means to protect it, I think it's also essential that we recognize that the protection factor is not innate for everybody. There is a reason why, by design, a man and woman are coming together to create a human or humans that they can call their own. We are literally able to recognize ourselves in our biological children, in their facial expression, in the way that they stand up, the way that they speak, and some of their tendencies, like their temperament, or some of the things that they are drawn to as far as their interests. Many of these things are a reflection of ourselves, literally. And this creates this natural predisposition or desire or a longing, a connection that allows for us to tend to them, to care for them, and to be intimately invested in their lives and in their process. That is part of the purpose and the design for the family and the relationship that we have within the family unit. And I'm sure some of you know what I'm getting at next when the relationship between mom and dad doesn't work out and then there's an introduction of another person into the situation they are not going to share the same predisposition or intimate connection that the biological parents have. And at least initially, this makes them less likely to be tender, less likely to be able to read the child or children and connect with them on their level. Because what's being reflected, whether in their behaviors or their tendencies, does not resonate with them. Meaning they don't recognize it within themselves and therefore they don't have the same amount of empathy that they likely would if it did resonate with them. And this is me breaking it down at the most basic level. Obviously, adults are able to recognize in a child that they have value, that they do have feelings and there is a natural desire to kind of support them for a lot of us. But in order to achieve that intimate relationship where you can really be invested in their process and get to a point where you actually desire to be invested in their process. That's something that requires saying yes to them every day, saying yes, despite the fact that there may be an absence of connection or a lack of understanding of who they are or why they are that way. And I believe every parent will meet these crossroads at different points, whether the family is blended or traditional. However, this experience is going to be amplified for anybody that is not biologically connected to the children present. So when it comes to protecting our territory, I think it's super important that we understand the intended design for the family which allows for us to more easily be able to recognize when intrusion is taking place or potential threats. And as I mentioned earlier, there are threats to our territories that exist on the outside. And there is the potential that our territories can be compromised by the threats that exist on the inside. And while I can go on a bunch of different tangents and many different rabbit holes concerning the outside threats that exist, whether we're talking climate, whether we're talking about communities, politicians, blah, blah, blah we're not going to do that. I'm going to focus specifically on people. So when it comes to outsiders and people, that's essentially everyone that exists outside of your family unit. And I'm talking about your immediate Family unit. So, any extension of family, friends, relationships, community, whatever, everybody outside of that unit specifically is an outsider. And I know for some of you that may seem shocking or even offensive, but that is the truth. While your family, your parents, while your siblings and the community that you're immersed in, while these people are very important to your process, your development, as well as the development of your children, those relationships are considered outside because if they pose a threat to your family unit, then there is the possibility that you'll have to relinquish that relationship. Or the state of that relationship for the sake of preserving and protecting your territory, your family, your marriage, your children. And I know for many of you that may seem unbelievable. And that's actually a really good thing. That means that you are likely surrounded by healthy people. You have healthy, functional relationships. And your family has likely benefited from them. But there are others such as myself that know that if I remain intimately connected with this individual, then they will likely drag me to hell. But if I'm being a little less dramatic, I acknowledge that there are people that I do love. But if I were to remain intimately connected with them, then my health and well-being would likely be compromised. And there are obvious cases of this. For instance, if somebody is literally coming against me or my family in some capacity, making it very clear that they are not for us, message received. I am not going to contend for relationship if you're making apparent what your stance is. Or on the lighter end, I may have a relationship where this person is comfortable with whether gossiping, talking about other people, like very comfortably, or there's cursing and just negative words that they say, whether about themselves or others. That's something like, okay, I recognize that. Hey, do you? I'm creating some distance because you are an outsider. I get to dictate the level of influence that you have over myself. my marriage relationship or my kids and I acknowledge that this is difficult for people because relationships are important but the most important relationships are the ones that are within our homes and if protecting our unit means distancing ourselves and I'm not saying just like totally cut off relationships I feel like that would require something fairly extreme to commit to for the rest of your life no longer having relationship with a person. That's a really big deal. But any healthy and thriving family will tell you or the parents of that family will tell you that there were times where they had to create distance from a person or a people despite how difficult that may have been. I personally have countless examples of this and me as well as my family were better for it. And it's important to note that if I am compromised, if my wife is compromised, then we will likely reflect that upon our children. So it's not just about what directly impacts our children. It's oftentimes what we are also exposed to. And I used a specific example or illustration with my oldest during last week's family huddle because toward the end of the school year, her attitude, her demeanor had been impacted. She wasn't talking to us too much about things, but we knew that she was being exposed to garbage, to negative people, to secrets, to people behaving in ways that are inconsistent with how we're raising her in our homes. And so many of us parents can relate to that. But I illustrated her walking through like a landfill. There's a path that's paved, that's clear, but she's walking through the landfill. And I asked her, how do you think you're going to smell when you get to the other side? despite the fact that you didn't touch any trash no trash touched you as you walk through that landfill how do you think you're gonna smell as a result of being exposed to all of that garbage and obviously obviously she said yeah it's gonna be terrible she's going to smell like garbage and many of us parents, We smell like garbage (laughs) because of the content that we are consuming, because of the people that we're around. We think that we can get this escape or relief by kind of digressing in our morality, our values, the things that we are trying to impute or give to our children. We are functioning in a different capacity outside of the home, and we assume that we're not going to bring that garbage back to our home. But that is not reality. So we have to check the outsiders. But I do want to focus specifically on the influence of outsiders on our children. I do feel like the landfill analogy was sufficient for the parents or the adults for now. But I feel as if those outside of the immediate family unit, again, they are an outsider. And I feel like there are three criteria that will kind of help determine the proximity of the relationship. Like, is this somebody that we can have intricately involved and comfortably with our family? Or is this somebody that we might need to create A little bit of distance from because they're in a certain place in their life right now and they may be a threat in some capacity. And for those of you that are really trying to take from this, learn something and exercise it within your home, within your family, I would love to hear how this exercise goes for you as far as you vetting people with the use of these three criteria. And the first one is they're not going to harm them in any way. So the outsiders aren't going to harm the kids in any way. And as you guys are thinking through this, just please know that there are way more outsiders than otherwise, and you can only control what you can control. So when I think about my kids going to school, for instance, they are likely to be exposed to people that have different beliefs that have issues at home. And there have been moments where that's been projected onto my child. What we do is we support them through that. We speak to the administration present at the school and we try and get that solved. But there is a lack of control in such a scenario unless I just decide to take my children outside of the public school system. That is an option. But that lack of control may also be present when it comes to the co-parenting situation. As a blended family, we often find ourselves with our hands tied. like We only have so much influence or control over what's happening on the other end. So as you're listening and thinking through this, just be mindful and realistic about the things that are within your control and the things that are a bit outside or way outside. But back to that initial criteria, they're not going to harm them in any way. And by this, I don't mean just like hurt feelings or getting caught up in a random moment of misunderstanding. That stuff is to be expected. The type of harm I'm referring to is the physical kind, the mental kind, or even sexual. Like there is all types of potential abuses that one can experience as a result of being exposed to a person. The manipulation of thoughts and feelings can also be considered harm. So while for the most part, harm does seem like it's going to be an apparent thing and an easy thing to identify, sometimes it's not so easy to identify. Sometimes it's a bit more on the subtle side. And I will say that this takes time to determine. All three criteria take time to kind of unfold to see where people stand. But as we all know, people can either suppress a certain aspect of themselves for a period of time or they just randomly change. This threat produces severe and potentially long-lasting damage upon an individual. I was speaking with a friend of mine who had shared her experience in the blended family, and her mom ultimately married an abuser, and she was abused for three years sexually. And while it's the abuser's issue, first and foremost, and he ended up in prison, It's super important that the vetting process is sufficient, that we are gauging our relationships and the type of influence that they will have in our children's lives. So while we want to expect the best from everyone, we want to assume that they have our best interest and the best interest of our our children at heart. We have to hit the pause button on that. That is something that literally takes years to determine. And while that example is extreme, there are plenty of other more acceptable ways in which we allow outsiders to harm our kids. My wife and I, for instance, don't allow people to talk negatively about whether it's themselves and their weight or to jokingly say something about the weight of our children. That's something that Margot was exposed to and it had negative ramifications. So we shut it down. As soon as we're in the presence of it, because it's harmful, it's detrimental. We also don't allow immature or emotionally compromised people to discipline our children. We don't care what your role is. You could be uncle, aunt, grandma, grandpa, pastor, whatever. Like if you are compromised and you're tripping, you have no right to discipline our children. That's a a right that's being removed from you. And a lot of people find themselves in trouble in this area because they respect roles and titles a bit too much. Authority is something that's essentially earned. You have respect for the person, but authority and the right to exercise that authority, especially over your children, is something that is to be earned, not handed to them. I'm clearly passionate about that first criteria, if you did not notice. (laughs) Going on to the second they're not going to expose them to anything detrimental so this i'd say also results in some form of harm but it is more indirect for example this could be the type of music that somebody's listening to and maybe it's only a 10 minute drive but if music is playing that's referring to some type of sexual encounter or there's cursing and things of that nature they're being exposed to it and that stuff really matters like what are they watching on tv are these people willing to smoke or drink around our kids or even the way that they do relationship for instance say it is a family member and it seems like every month this family member has a new relationship (laughs) a new person on their arm That's confusing. That is detrimental to their understanding of how relationships are done. And honestly, you can consider us sticklers, but we'd consider that harmful. No healthy and sane person is going to bounce from one relationship to another frequently. That's not a thing. It really suggests that there is something wrong. And as I've mentioned before, it's not like you have to cut this relationship off, but you have to question the proximity. Can I trust my child to be one-on-one taking advice from this older outsider? And although they are deemed a leader or someone with authority over them, but can I trust that when they're having a conversation, they're not going to share detrimental Relationship information because they clearly don't have it together themselves. Another example of being exposed to something detrimental is the sleepover factor. For us, my wife and I, we have to speak to the parents. We don't have to be best friends with them, but we need to exchange words to know that we're on the same page. It creates accountability, not just for the the parents, but it creates accountability for our children. So even if these people are dysfunctional, they'll likely suppress it for the time being while our child is sleeping over. Honestly, the last time she uh, it was not last time, but she slept over somewhere, I think a couple months ago. And we spoke to the mom and she just recently got married or she has a fiance. But she sounded fine on the phone. We allowed it to happen despite the slight hesitancy that we had. And then we met them the following day when they dropped her off at home. And upon meeting them, got to see who the individuals are, um, especially, in my opinion, the fiance. And I was like, "Eh, probably not going to happen again. And I believe that's a safe call because I have no desire for my child to be exposed to something detrimental. If you are not also engaging in that vetting process, then I strongly suggest it. If I can recall correctly, while sleepovers were fantastic and something to be excited about, they also created the most ridiculous opportunities ever. And if we can foresee and limit the amount of ridiculous opportunities our children will have, uh, then we'll, we'll do that. And the third criteria that extended family, friends, community, just the outsiders should meet in order to have close proximity to our family and therefore access to our territory should be that they will not threaten the relationship between the child and the parent. So this person or those people will not function as a deterrent or a source of discouragement between the parents and the child. Our goal for community and for relationships, extended family, friends, all those things are supposed to point toward us getting closer together. Like if our friendship groups, if what exists outside of our our home serves as a threat and separates us as a family, then it's something that we need to distance ourselves from. But this third one is tricky and it's subtle, and that's because... It can happen at the hands of people that you really trust. For instance, if one of our girls are frustrated about something or they just need some time away... And they find themselves hanging out with their auntie or uncle or something of that nature. And they're, you know, pouring their heart out. Obviously, it's skewed as far as their perspective is concerned. They're sharing this information. And at that point, uh, their aunt, their uncle, whoever's in the environment has an opportunity to either support them and affirm our relationship. Give us the benefit of the doubt and do just the word juju and just being a good family member. Or they could say some things that kind of confuses them or causes them to question our ability to lead them. This can happen at the hands of leadership within our communities as well. I was a youth leader. I still am a youth leader, but directly over the group for years. And there were so many times where young people would come to me concerning their issues. And much of their issues stemmed from whether their relationship with their parents or the things that they were exposed to as a result of their parents decision making. But something that I was super mindful not to do, committed to not doing was separating or tearing apart the relationship between the children and their parents. And considering some of the decisions that were being made by those parents, they made that task pretty difficult at times, if I'm being honest. But this does exist as another detrimental threat to our kids, our relationship with our kids, and it threatens our territory. So if you are allowing people to give advice to your children, especially when they are in a state of vulnerability or confusion or just hormones, it's okay to ask for a recap. Go ahead and take a moment and say, hey, how was that conversation? What are some of the things that were shared just so you know the heart of your child in a way that they're maybe not willing to express to you? And you can also get some insight as to how they attempted to guide your child just to ensure that, you know, you'd say kind of some of the same stuff or you guys are at least on the same page concerning the well-being of the child. And I will briefly mention that separation between child and the other parent as well is something to consider. So regardless of how ridiculous someone's ex may be or may have been, we cannot allow for our children to be in an environment where their parent is being bashed or people are freely saying negative things about them. That does not serve the child. It creates more confusion. It can produce anger, whether toward the parent in question or the person that's doing the bashing. And there's the potential that the result is division between that child and, again, the parent in question. Or the other response could be the savior complex that the child all of a sudden develops in order to protect that parent and that is obviously not a role that any child should be stepping into but it's a position that we put them in when we say negative things about someone that they adore regardless of how dysfunctional they may be and i know some listeners here cannot relate to this but this is something that happens and it is extremely invasive So again, protecting our territory allows for us to create culture in our homes and three criteria that you want to watch out for concerning the extended family, the friends, the community, the outsiders. It's such a rude term. (laughs) I'll figure out something else, maybe. But right now we're considering them outsiders, but they're not going to harm them in any way they're not going to expose them to anything detrimental and they will not threaten the relationship between the child and ourselves. So I lied. I was going to go into the insiders, that being those within the home, but this portion clearly took up some time. So I might create a part two, but let me know if you guys want me to do that, then I would be more than happy to make that happen. In the meantime, I hope you got something from it. You guys are amazing. See you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you heard something throughout the episode that could make all the difference. Please take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that blended goodness episodes are up and running on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month. Until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.